I was going to take authority over distraction here today and just allow people to stay focused on uh, what's going on. Amen. Because it's it's really hard sometimes to uh, stay focused if, if there's distraction, you know, kind of stirring people up. So, Satan, we break your power over this place in the name of Jesus. We bind all distraction, confusion. Father, all wandering minds come into obedience to the captivity of Christ right now in the name of Jesus. I bring every mind here under the authority of the Holy Spirit for your glory and for our benefit in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So uh, Jesus' verdict on your health is that it is finished. Amen. Anything that has to do with your health is finished. And what do I mean by that? It means that there is no work yet to be done. There's no labor to be done. The only labor we have to do is enter into the rest of faith that it's already taken care of. When you enter into the rest of faith that it is already taken care of, then healing will manifest. Everything that you need will manifest. I don't care what it is, and I don't care who's holding it up. I don't care who's trying to hinder you from receiving what God has is doing for you, that you will receive the full manifestation of his power and his glory. Amen. You will receive the full manifestation of it without, without hindrance, without doubt. And so God has a way to get everything to us if we will only believe. So your, your job really is to give your full attention to God's word. Proverbs 4.20, if you will turn there, verses 20 through 22. And this is addressed to covenant believers, amen, who God refers to as sons. You know that means sons and daughters. We don't have to nitpick God's language. Uh, if you don't believe it means daughters, then add your faith to it and see if it don't help you. That's the best way to prove what God means. We don't have to go back and rewrite the Bible or anything like that. But he says, my son, attend to my words. That means you who are in covenant with him, pay attention to his words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Not anybody else but me. You know, people always have something to add to what God's doing or have their version of it or want to give you some advice. But God says, don't listen to that. Listen to me. Amen. I was like, you know, I, I can remember when we were kids and we're trying to get to be teenagers and trying to grow up. And you got crazy one day and thought you'd give your mama some lip about something. And your mother would tell tell you about your little friends that came over. Don't bring her back no more. Huh? She, that's not the right person for you. Ah, oh, mama, you know, and if she didn't whack you, and she said, now listen to me. And that's what God's saying. Don't argue with me when I tell you what to listen to, because it's for your good. And you found out later when you saw your little uh, friends on TV getting arrested somewhere or in the post office with a poster and a picture and some numbers under their names, most wanted, notorious, etc. You understood, Mama, then. But Mama said, if you could understand me now while I'm speaking to you, it would benefit you a whole lot more. See, some things you won't get to see unless you believe. 
When your mother told you the right friends and the wrong friends to hang around with years later, you saw the end of their dis- disobedience and their bad behavior. But if you don't trust God in his word, you may never see what he wants to manifest in your life. Amen. And so that's the beauty of the covenant with God. If you believe, you will see. If you believe, you will see. You will not see if you don't believe. And so we have to take God, and it's easy to believe God. Believing's a choice. All you have to do is adopt that word instead of what's contrary to it. You say, oh no, I pick this up, I take this. And I put that down. It's a choice. And so when we have God's word before us, he says, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, let your ear be attentive to my voice. Fine tune yourself. So that when I'm speaking to you, you will grab that and not a contrary voice, not a voice that speaks fear. Some of us are so fear trained and fear indoctrinated that we only respond to alarms. You know, we only respond to things that are upsetting to us or seem like emergencies. You know, there's no emergencies in God's kingdom. He knows the end at the beginning. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life and he's made provision for it. He's already set aside everything that you need for everything that's on his agenda for you. Amen. And untold blessings beside. You get to have what you want, but you can only do it in God's order. And so it's a beautiful thing to know that God has made full provision. I know I remember years ago I would get upset if things would come and I didn't know they were coming. The Lord said, well, get used to that. He said, but I know they're coming. He said, and I've already made provision for that. So all you have to do is let me know what you need. Amen. Use your faith to let me know what you need and you'll get it. He said, don't let my words depart from your eyes. Don't let them depart. Now, there are a lot of things we feast our eyes on, you know, and I know because I I like to shop like anybody else. But I know that if I don't feast my eyes on God's word, I won't get most of what I'm trying to believe him for. So the word must come first. Amen. Don't let things get in there and then you push the word out. Amen. Do the word first. Allow the word to guide your eyes and guide your thoughts, guide your mind. And you'll be able to receive everything that God has for you. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, don't let the enemy rob the word from you. Hide it in your heart. Sometimes when you hear scripture read, say, God, I take that. I receive that. I'm, I'm going to incorporate that. I'm going to do that word. Amen. I remember the Copelands talked about the things that they read in the Bible when they first got saved. And they said, we made up our minds. We, me and Ken. We made a covenant between ourselves that we would immediately do everything we read in God's word. Isn't that wonderful? And look at the result, see? Immediate obedience brings great reward. And so God said, don't let it depart. In other words, you might believe a lie for a season. For instance, if you go to the doctors and they tell you that they have diagnosed you with something or we suspect something. Amen. We suspect this or we suspect that. Uh, Try to renounce it in the suspect stage. You know, it's like 
Like I, I watch, well, you know, I'm an ID network person. I watch, as Rachel used to call when she was a little girl, bad people. You know, I used to make her watch it with me after. I said, turn off the Sesame Street. We too grown for that. Let's watch us. <laughs> she said, bad people. I said, yes, 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 yes. But it's amazing. They'll find some people that have not committed a crime. And after they come out of the interrogation room, they didn't got a signed confession out of those people. You understand what I'm saying? And they're innocent. They know they're innocent. So why don't you do this? At the stage where they make you a suspect in a diagnosis, just plead the blood. That's my only plea. Amen. I would love to see the day when Christians go into an interrogation room. And they say, well, what do you have? I plead the blood. Huh? And see what they say. Huh? What does that mean? That means that Jesus is my lawyer. Amen. And I don't say anything unless he tells me to say it. And lawyer up. Amen. Just lawyer up with the Lord. But God has paid for everything that you need. So you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to go down the long road of being diagnosed. I had somebody call me recently and say, uh, I went to the doctor. I keep going to the doctor with this symptom and, and, and I don't feel well. And every time I go, they tell me they can't find anything. I said, it's because there's nothing there. See, your trouble starts when you insist on the devil finding something. When they can't find, listen, if that was really the only help you had, God would let them find something and give you a pill and go home. But if they can't find anything, that means God is telling you, use your faith for this one. You've got enough faith residing in you to kill this thing right now if you'll obey that. Using your faith isn't a scary thing. It's not hard. It's not impossible. If you use faith to get saved and you know you're saved, the same faith that saved you is the same faith that heals you. In fact, it's a package deal. It's not a separate you know, uh, uh, payment here for this and payment here. The, the blood of Jesus is total payment for everything you'll ever need in life. Amen? Yeah. Single people. And nobody answering. Ain't nobody home. Y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't right. Now, see, that everybody got their ear inclined. Now, they they like this. Spiritually, but they sitting up like this, like. Your spouse is paid for. Now they didn't get it. I say your spouse is paid for. Thank you, Miss Kendra. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. Huh? I'm not buying no. Somebody had to buy him. Somebody had to pluck him out of hell so he'd be worth you marrying. You say? Don't don't make me have to step out there. I'm trying to stay behind a podium. I got my 
I got my footies on today. <laughs> Three days on my feet, I got footies on today. But y'all know what I'm saying. I'm going to have to come out there and get grab some of y'all and close up and get the word into you. Amen. See, you got to know things are paid for because there are some things that you think are impossible. The impossible things, they have to be paid for, folks. Amen. So if it's paid for already, all you got to do is sign for the delivery. Huh? Now, I didn't lost 30% of y'all or 60. I don't know if I even had 10% of you, but. Everything that you, you, that comes into your life must be redeemed. You don't want anything condemned or you don't want anything that's, that's, uh, uh, decaying and wrong and not right. Everything that comes into your life comes by way of redemption. It must be paid for. Amen? Uh, I'm gonna stop that. I am. And see, some of y'all will be looking at 90 day fiance. Or thinking that's maybe that's what I need to do. That, uh, 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 uh. See, even them people got sense enough to know something need to be paid for. I'm done with y'all. I'm going to stop that. I just move on. Did I finish Proverbs 4, 20 through 22? Amen. So you're, the word of God is life to those that find them. What does it mean to find the word? It means to hide it in his heart. Just like it said, if you don't let it depart from your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart, that's finding it. Amen. So once it gets in your heart, it's life and health to all of your flesh. I don't care what flesh, what, what kind of flesh it is. If it's cancerous flesh, it brings life to that. If it's diseased heart flesh, it brings life to that. If it's uh, blood pressure irregularity flesh, it brings life to that. And that, when I say life, I mean divine life, eternal life, a life that cannot be stopped, a life that keeps increasing in you. It brings the God life back into you. So healing is an established truth. It's an established truth. Sickness is the lie. Amen. Any truth, truth always stands forever. It doesn't go anywhere. What truth has, in order for truth really to come to the forefront, it must be reiterated. It must be pronounced. It must be declared. It, it must be set forth and set in motion so that it's always in motion Against anything that is a lie. So that's why you get up every morning and you thank God that you are healed. You thank God that I am blessed. I thank God that my body is strengthened. I thank God that my youth is renewed every day. Amen. He promises to do that. We have perfect soundness. Amen. Acts 3, 16.
This is Peter and, and John at the gate. Beautiful. I'll read this whole passage because I don't like to jump in the middle of things and assume people know. Now, Peter and John, verse one, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily. So he that's his appointment to be at that gate every day. You know, I don't care if you have a regular routine and and expect a certain thing day after day after day. God has the freedom to interrupt your routine any time he wants to for his glory. Amen. And it says they laid him there every day. He was lame from his mother's womb. They carried him and put him there. The gate is called beautiful. And they put him there to ask to beg for money so that he could survive. And it says... Into, uh, in, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for an alms or, or some kind of uh, giveaway, whatever it was that they could, could give him. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting, 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 expecting. That's the key. You must expect. You got me? You must expect. And it says, he asked for money. He begged for money and he was expecting money. Do you know God can take your expectation? You can be expecting the less of something. And God takes that feeble expectation and elevates it to the more. Amen? Your your expectation is only a seed that causes you to enter into the door of fulfillment. And the fulfillment comes with the expectation of God. So if God, if he was expecting money from them, God elevated that expectation from mere money to a source of a permanent income for him. Some of you are asking for bills to be paid. And if you will let God elevate your expectation, he will get you to the point where you can hire people, where you can be in charge of things, where you can get a raise, where you can get a promotion immediately. If you let him elevate your expectation, he always increases it. It's always an increase when it's given to God. And so Peter and John said silver and gold we don't have. But such as we have you, we, uh, we give you. What they said to him was, look on us. Not at our hands, but look at us. In other words, divert your attention from the money you think you want and focus it on God. Amen? Beggars tend to do something that's kind of unique. I'm going to have to step out of there, my footies anyway. I don't care. Y'all know I'm going to listen. We're going we gonna to be all right in a minute. But beggars do this. As, as, as people are passing by them, like, big, honey. Yeah, big. Yeah, I ain't got nothing. And see, what they do is go on to the next person and see what, after I pass you by, you done focused on the next guy coming by. You understand what I'm saying? Because they don't know where their help is coming from. Huh? See, he's a covenant man, but he doesn't know where his help is coming from. And so as Peter and John are coming, passing by, and he's and they, they, they see he sees they don't have anything, he's looking at the next guy and saying, uh-uh, look at me. Huh? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Quit looking at the next person yes. to give you mere pennies, yes. but look at me because God has something greater for you today. You understand what I'm saying? And and this is what God is saying to us. Keep your focus and your attention on God long enough to get what you really need. If he hasn't given you yet what you really need, keep your focus on him. Don't get discouraged and go on to the next thing or I don't know why it's taking so long and I don't know what I did wrong and God ain't blessing me. No, you stay. Keep your focus. And nope, God, nothing is wrong. I plead the blood. That means my sins are forgiven. There is nothing standing in the way of my blessing coming from heaven because I stand righteous before you. And so if, if this man was able, he sat there every single day. Day after day after day after day after day. Day after day after day after day after day. People people will make the comments sometimes, you know, as this wise theologians. You know. Well, uh, Jesus passed him by every day. If Jesus passed him by, it was because yada 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 yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Well, Jesus' name wasn't on that miracle. He could only do, I don't care, as being the son of God, he's the anointed son of God, but he can only do what he was assigned to do. And when he left this earth, he completed everything he had to do. It was not for him to heal that man. It was for Peter and John to heal that man at the day of Pentecost. One of the reasons could be Peter and John needed a resume. Huh? We had to see that what God said would happen in the book of Acts to the apostles was real. And so this miracle kicks things off for them in a very spectacular way. So God, because he is God, he reserves certain things for certain purposes down here in the earth. If your miracle is delayed, it's because God has reserved it for a specific time, a specific audience, a specific purpose in your life. He's ordained it for his glory and for and for your you get the benefit of it because God never disappoints and he never shortchanges. But God will show you that he ordains and he reserves the sovereign right and the sovereign ability to orchestrate things in this earth for his kingdom purposes as well for what your need is. So never get disappointed. Never get upset with God. Never think it's taking too long for anything. Amen? Because God knows how to sustain you. If you're in pain, he knows how to limit that pain. He knows how to eradicate that pain until that total healing manifests itself in your mortal body. So Peter and John, fastening his eyes upon him, John said, look on us, and he gave heed, expecting to receive something. So all you need is expectation. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. Now this is true for every minister that ever ministers to anybody. We can't give you what we do not have. But you get enough of us together with a little bit here, a little bit there, 5% here, 10% there, we eventually we get the whole thing. Amen. So there's no limit to what God can do through his body. And he took him by his right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Amen. There was a, a healing evangelist, trying to think of his name. Uh, 
Jack Coe. He was notorious for doing that, yanking people up. And, you know, a lady said, my arm is broke. He shake, shake that arm and boom, they're healed. You know, th- that thing manifests in people, you know. No doubt he read that over and over and over again until he got the faith to do it. And he yanked people, shake people, throw people around. He um, Another one was um, A.A. Allen. Smith Wigglesworth punching people in the stomach because they had appendicitis and, and that kind of thing and they come out healed. And so these are, are manifestations of the Holy Ghost. See? There are, these are things that keep pretenders out of the game. You got me? They'll keep pretenders out of the game. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Uh, no rehab. No convalescent period. Huh? Now, I know some healings are gradual, but this was an immediate one. God wanted this thing done right away. He'd been, he'd been lame from his mother's womb. And then... Immediately, he starts walking, leaping, and praising God. It's got to be God. See, there are things God does to show people his power. That's the glory of God, to manifest his power where there's no doubt that God did this. And the people all saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was the same God. Because most of them had probably told him to shut up and don't beg from me no more. Amen. So they were well familiar with him. There's a reason God healed him. For that reason, because people were so familiar with his case. Yes. So now Peter and John are building their resume so that their work is validated as being of God. Amen. Yes. And they all knew that he was here and, and they were filled with wonder and amazement. What had happened to him and as a lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John. He uh, uh, was healed, held Peter and John. All the people ran together. Unto them in the porch is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered the people, you men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so earnestly on us as though by our own power and holiness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom, by the way, the same Jesus y'all killed. And denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Now, why does he say this? He just wants people to feel bad. He's being the devil's advocate, accuser of the brethren. No, he's bringing people to salvation. When you know your error, then you know to repent. Huh? When you know your error, you know to repent. He says, and kill the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are all witnesses. And his name, this is how it's done, through faith in his name. Through faith in the power of his name. Be careful how you use the name Jesus. Because the devil tries to disempower the name by using it casually. This is like the, the, um, 
the revolver you keep in your bedroom dresser drawer, when the time comes to use it, you know exactly how it needs to be used and who to use it on. You know what I mean? You don't just take it and sling it around. You don't wave it at everybody that comes in your house. Amen. Same thing with the name of Jesus. You don't wave it in every situation. Holler it out when you should be saying amen. Come on, y'all. Now let's get, let's stop doing this kid stuff, okay? Let's get real here. That name is reserved because of the power that's in it to deliver and heal a crippled person. That name is precious. We as believers need to respect it. We get too casual about too many things. Or we get this religious thing. We like to repeat what we think spiritual people say. Cut it out. Be real. Amen. Understand what these things are for. When you take authority in the name of Jesus, that authority works. If you use it every five minutes, you don't know what it means. It'll heal things in your life if you respect it. You got me? Understand that there's power there. He's given us permission. We are, we are, are betrothed to Christ. He calls us his bride. He's spoken for us already. And so we have the power to use his name. You got me? Just like you, uh, a wife would use a husband. Well, they don't want to do that no more. I don't know who I'm talking to anymore, but y'all can get offended as you, if you want to. But the Bible says marriage is honorable. When a woman takes her husband's name, that puts her in a place of honor in the earth. Amen. She's not some reject or somebody living in and sleeping in and worried about moving every time he get mad. Huh? Breaking up housekeeping because they playing and pretending. See, when it's a real marriage, honor comes into your life. Amen. When there's a real marriage, there's a transformation. You are held in high esteem in the earth in every place that you are. Amen. That's why people, when they're married, they seem to take on a different level of dignity. You got me? Huh? Because God elevates you in that state. And that's where Christ refers to us as his bride. He wants to dignify us, folks. I know I feel better about myself since I've been saved. And that's part of the reason why. That Jesus calls me his beloved, his bride. The one that he's devoted to. And that elevates me. I don't know if it does for you, but it elevates me. Amen? And so we have to remember that. We have to remember that. So he has given us his name that we can use to open doors that his power needs to open. Only his power can open certain doors. And he gave us his name so that those doors would open for us. Amen? It's like, you know, being married, you both move into the house together, and you get a key, and he's got a key. Now, if one of y'all ain't got no key, something wrong somewhere. See me when you want to get in the house. That's not a marriage. You understand me? So let's not play that stuff. Huh? Get a real key to a real house. 
there while I'm on the subject. Get you, get you a new house. Get you a, don't move into his place and you don't move into her place. You understand? Y'all get y'all something new. Just saying. Now I'm not gonna say nothing about the size of the ring either. I've done that already. But just between you and me. Go big or go home. I was looking at somebody. I, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going where I'm supposed to get, okay? But God allows me a little. Uh, there he is, right. Like Paul said, I become all things. So I don't know. But uh, I was looking at somebody on Facebook. I won't say who. There's how many billions of people on there? And uh, somebody had just engaged themselves to someone. And I was looking at that and I took my glasses off. That ring ain't shined yet. I mean, seriously, it's a big old thing, but it wasn't no shine to it. And they was outside in the sun. I said, now listen. You know, I mean, the, the the second best light is the sun. The best light is that jeweler's case that they, because see, everything sparkles. I don't know what they put on that glass, but it sparkles. But it don't sparkle like that no more when you get it out of there. Huh? I thought about that. Anybody know that song? Mock, yeah, bird, yeah. If that diamond ring don't shine, it's going to break this heart of my eye. Oh, yeah. Tell her what you say, girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That ring don't shine. See, that's a heartbreaker to me. You know, that's real dear to my heart. If that ring don't shine, it's going to break that heart of mine. Okay, I'm done with the marriage thing. But y'all know what I'm saying. Marriage is that ring is a down payment on what the rest of your life is going to be about. You understand what I'm saying? So let's... But Jesus has given us his name. Amen. When a man gives you his name, that is a place of honor. You understand me? That is a place of honor. And so anyway, uh, he says here, he says, uh, where was I at? I wanted to read a specific Acts 316 is what I was looking for. And he said in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness. When you need perfect soundness, you call on the name of Jesus. You, you have a covenant of perfect soundness in him. There's nothing wrong with you. You have perfect soundness. But, but Barb, you don't understand. I feel this and I, it's only a feeling. Huh? It's only, it's not a fact. And it's not a truth. It's just a feeling. We all know feelings come and feelings go. Feelings can be false. They can be generated by things that are not real. And so we have to understand that once truth is established, you cling to the truth. And you shun the lie. Amen. You let the lie go its its own route, but you cling to the truth. So we have perfect soundness in Christ. 
We know that healing is an established truth. Sickness is a lie. Truth stands forever. This is our covenant inheritance. Your covenant is enforced by your faith. Once you believe something, your covenant is enforced. Now, you can get around people who don't believe like you do. But that should never affect your covenant being enforced by your faith. And see, this is a great trick of the enemy. He wants to steal your enforcer from you with lies. Well, I can remember when I was first around Christians, God had healed me already before he turned me loose on church people or turned them loose on me. Huh? And people would say things like, oh, well, you know, um, that doesn't work all the time. I said, wait a minute. I said, the, the Bible says the word can't fail. You know, it, it's a sure thing. God's covenant is a sure thing. I said, how can the word fail? So they called me a troublemaker. Because I would just speak what I know. See, once God does something in you and it's established in your life, the devil can't steal it from you. And I realized that my being in the midst of the, the unbelief around the believers was a test for me to see if I would hold on to what God told me, incline my ear to his sayings, or if I would let them depart from my eyes because I didn't want to argue with people who were more mature in God than I was. I would hear people say something like that. Oh, I used to believe that, but you know, now I know better. Really? Seriously? Let me see, what kind of trophy do you have for believing different than God's word? And so by faith, we enforce our covenant. By faith, we enforce our inheritance in God. Healing was given before the foundations, the foundation of the earth. In Hebrews chapter 4, when God created us, he called us what? Good. Amen. Good creation. Made by a good God. Made by a loving God. So he couldn't call us anything but good because he is good. So in Hebrews chapter 4, it says in verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, that they will enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So Jesus' crucifixion was a fixed, finished work before the foundation of the world. Everything that we needed to fix us has already been done. All we have to do is settle down and believe. Your mind will fight you for your spirit believing. So your mind will fight you and say, but, 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 but what about, but what about, but, but what about, but, but what about, but what about. If you can endure the but what abouts and just keep refuting that and casting that down, you'll win the fight of faith. Amen. You'll win the fight of faith every time. People will come up with, with, uh, you know, they'll say things like, well, yeah, I walk in divine health and then give you a list of 55 vitamins they take. You understand what I'm saying? Well, sometimes you have to help. No, you don't have to. The anointing doesn't need any help. You think God needs help for that? Now, I'm not against vitamins. I, you know, the older I get, I say, well, Lord, let me pump this in. And see, but see, if I quit it all tomorrow, I told you about them vitamins I took that time. I started breaking out. And 
met some woman of God and she was biking up some hills in the mountains in California. And I said, oh, maybe I can do that. And she told me about her vitamin. I started taking, I said, Lord, the word in me is allergic to these vitamins because I'm, I had to give them back, put them down, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? There are some things that can help us from time to time. I'm not denying that. But don't be looking for natural help all the time. Why don't you just trust God and get in his word and see what that word will bring into your life? I guarantee you the word will bring perfect soundness every single time. Amen? Perfect soundness. You have to be careful, too, that fear is not driving you to start supplementing yourself with all. For me, it was vanity. (laughs) I'm going to ride that bike. Uh, You know, I didn't even like riding them when I was a kid. Trust me, I was not the bike rider in the family. Huh? Praise God. So, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Sin and sickness must be driven out. But they cannot drive out your health and healing that came before the foundation of the earth. Healing does reside within us at all times. You need to know that. It does. Even even to the extent that it can manifest from natural means. Amen. There's a healing seed. Your body is made to self-repair. The body of Christ is also made to self-repair. You get sick and start praying and see if God won't start directing your steps to the place where that healing will manifest. You understand me? So the body of Christ is analogous to a natural body as well. It's the same thing. But your healing, it resides within you because the healing body, the human body is constructed to heal itself. Your body is able to repair itself. Antibodies and other agents go to work in the body when tissue is damaged. Wounds heal, colds wear off, surgical and medical intervention can bring the body back to health, but it is subject to re-injury. So your body is always subject to re-injury. So at some point, the natural ability weakens over time. That's why death ensues over a period of time. But we can stop death with eternal life. You can always stop death with the word of God. So when the natural comes to its end, you can always petition God to move you into the supernatural. In fact, it's good to feed on the word all the time because it will support and augment the natural process. I remember Brother Hagen said the Lord told him that if people insist on getting surgery or something like that, if their faith isn't there for the supernatural, ask God to speed up the healing process. Amen? Praise God. Uh, Gabriella had those um, little blisters. It looks like she's got an, uh, had an allergic reaction or something or a bite. And this morning they're scabbed over. And that was only two days ago. You understand what I'm saying? First it was redness. Then it got a little, you know how those little vesicles have, uh, you know, serum and stuff in them. They weep a little bit. Well, now they're they're coming to a, an end, of, and that's only two days. You understand what I'm saying? No doctor intervention, just a supernatural intervention of God. And so we have to believe God for these things. He can always help, even if it's natural. 
We can get help from him. Chronic illness can take its toll on the body. And so death will ensue from that unless we get the intervention of God's word. Sickness is a spiritual problem. It is not a physical problem. Since we are spirit, our bodies are just the package that we're wrapped in. When our spirit is separated from God, there is no connection to the life that created us. That's why sickness ensues. But once that connection is made again, then sickness dies off and the life that is eternal in God begins to spring forth. In fact, he says that in his word. I'll get to that scripture in a minute. But sickness is a spiritual problem since we're spirit. When our spirit is separated from God, there's no connection to the life that created us. And we can draw life from until Jesus brings an awakening of our spirits, a reconnection, a quickening. Every time when the glory of God begins manifesting in these meetings the quickening of God he's giving you a surge of eternal life anew in your body he knows what you need and so he's able to quicken your body and and allow you to be able to grab on to reconnect to plug in to get some some change in the atmosphere and in the change in your body so that it drives many of you are being healed every day as you sit under this anointing it's amazing what a change in atmosphere amen will do to your mortal body Satan comes to steal health through symptoms of disease. If one puts their faith in symptoms, disease can manifest. But at the same point, connecting with the word again and connecting with the life again begins to drive it out and kill it. That's why it's always good to confess the word. It's never too late to start the process. You know, people will say, well, so-and-so, they're really going downhill and they're at death's door. Yeah, but they ain't walked in yet. Huh? You could be, I'd have been at plenty doors and didn't go inside. Amen? And so you can refuse to, to take that next step into that door. Stay on this side of the door. Confess the word of God. Start meditating and believing the word of God. Letting it get a chance to manifest. So if one puts their total faith in God then the faith of God will cause that manifestation to happen. God created us from his life, which is light, and no darkness can comprehend. Now, many times people use the word understand for comprehend, but when you understand something, what what does that give you? Like if I understand how to cook, <laughs> you know, I, I, that makes me a chef. No, but that, when you understand something, that gives you command and mastery over it, doesn't it? So darkness cannot master and control light. Amen. It, that's what it means when it can't comprehend it. It can't apprehend it. It can't take it away. It can't control it. It has to let it go and leave it alone. So the darkness that causes sickness cannot cannot handle that word. When you think about the times you meditate on the word and speak the word into your your being, speak it into your atmosphere, and darkness starts, you notice God begins to show up more and more and more the more his word is spoken, the more his word is declared in an atmosphere, it changes the atmosphere. 
so that darkness has to flee. It cannot stay away, stay around and control things after God has come in. Now, darkness may sit on the sidelines for a minute, but it can't come in and control. And eventually, those demons are told to leave you alone. When do they leave me alone, Barb? When the test is over. See, God's just checking in on you to see what you really believe. No, I don't like that. I want mine right away. You get it? Just keep confessing the word. See, we we can believe anything for a minute. Huh? You believe you're in love with somebody you met online for a minute. Till the Holy Ghost gets you in the corner and slap you around a few times. You say, you realize what that person is saying to you? Huh? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And so we we know that God wants us. He wants faith in the earth, folks. He just doesn't want your little red wagon fixed. He wants faith in the earth. And if he's chosen you as a vessel to carry faith in the earth, you've got to stay with it until that faith is completed. He is the author and he is the completer of our faith. Not you, but him. You don't call time on your believing because you're sick of waiting for what you've been believing for. You're going to have to continue to believe for that any anyway for it to stay in your life. You understand me? So what's the difference? Faith is faith. And God wants faith in the earth. In Malachi 4, if you'll turn there, talking about darkness not being able to comprehend light. Malachi 4. Verse 2. I even forget where he is. Where you at? Okay. What page? <laughs> okay. I got you. 4 2. He says, For behold, verse 1, the day comes and shall burn as an oven. All the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that comes shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave neither root nor branch. So that's talking about iniquity, talking about sin, talking about the root of sickness in your body. But to, unto you, that's a different story. It's always a good but when God talks about wickedness versus righteousness. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Light will shine forth. You shall, shall, you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. You shall tread down the wicked for they, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Also, Isaiah 58, 5 says, your light will shine in the midst of darkness. Amen. So light always, when God comes in and his word begins to manifest. I'm going to turn to Isaiah 58.5. He says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? It is to bow down his head as a bulrush and spell, spread sackcloth on his, and ashes under him. Will you call that accept, an acceptable uh, day unto the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. He didn't choose that one. Verse 5. 
Excuse me? He said, that's not the one. He said, y'all do that all the time with no results. He said, but try this one out. He says, it is it is it not to the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Verse eight, then shall your light break forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear reward. So the fast that God has chosen, he says to put away the pointing of the finger. In other words, stop accusing each other. Walk in love. You walk in love. You, you won't have you won't have trouble getting anything from God. You learn how to forgive people. That was the first lesson God taught me and I wasn't even in a church. That's why when I got around church people and I saw how they whisper about each other and leave a church because pastor don't speak to them quick enough. And, you know, if your pastor is like me, they got things on their mind. Now, you've been wanting to, you know, be the, the person in the spotlight. You didn't have you in your mind all along. I got all a lot of you's in mind when I come in here. You understand what I'm saying? We get to hugging and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's why people go in the back door and don't even come through the congregation. Because you get in more trouble disappointing people's expectations than you do. And you need to stay a little separate from people anyway so you don't lose what God sent you there for. You understand what I'm saying? God taught me how to mingle. But after a while, I have to cut it off and people around me have to understand that. You know, this lady is trying to be anointed. So we, she ain't got time to listen to every little thing I want to tell her about. You know, I had a dream last night. I didn't. So we'll have nothing in common right now. You understand what I'm saying? There are different purposes, Father, folks. You know what I'm saying. Acts 10:38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is never good. All sickness is demonic oppression of one level or another. Faith in God will cause it to move out of your life. Keep faith in God and it will never return. You got me? It'll stay away if you stay faithful and stay in God. So the son of righteousness arises in us with healing in his wings. Amen. You just need to ask God to God rise up in me with my healing. Rise up in me, Lord, with my healing. Rise up in me, Lord, and permeate my whole body with your healing power. And stay in the word of God. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. So when God shines his healing light on our darkness, our symptoms, the light intensifies and begins to drive out all symptoms of sickness. Be careful to allow Calvary to manifest in you. Now, what do I mean by that? Allow Calvary to manifest in you. Don't be satisfied with a feel better situation. Because Calvary not only came to make you feel better, but it came to finish 
every work of perfection in your body. If you if you let the feel better dominate and and just barely get yourself healed, then you won't be able to do everything that God wants you to do because there will be a limitation. You'll be going by feelings then. See, you've transferred your faith from the supernatural over into the natural. You're going totally by feeling. The woman with the issue of blood did better than that. The Bible says that when she touched, she said within herself, if I can do this, I'll get this. That's what we need to say within ourselves. If I can do this, I'll get it all. If I can do this, I'll get it all. If I can just touch Jesus, if I can get hands laid on me, which is Jesus touching you through the minister. If I can get that or not touching you, however he wants to manifest it, I will be made whole. She didn't say I'll feel better. She said I'll be made whole. And so she touched him and the Bible says immediately she knew where. Within herself, the same place where she talked to herself to tell herself what to do, that's where she got her healing manifestation first. So she knew within herself that she was healed. She knew within herself that she was made whole. She knew within herself that she got it. When Jesus looked down and said, who touched me? Let me read that. Where is that? Shannon, can you find that for me real quick? Because there's something important there that we need to see. Pointing to Calvary. We said the works were done before the foundation of the earth. Amen. And by faith. We've got about three accounts of her, right? She's... Let her give it to me. So can you find the one where she is? Thank you. Luke 845. Amen. Praise God. Forty three. A woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind them, touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. And, and Jesus said, who touched me? All denied. Where's the one that said within herself? You have that one, sweetie? Mark? Thank you. Mark 5. 25. She had issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many phys- And see, she didn't feel sorry for herself. See, that's a, a big issue with people. You know, Brother Hagen said, I pray for people, but if the whine is still in their voice, I know they won't receive it. Because self-pity blocks healing. Amen. That's another darkness that's in there. So you got to cast that demon out, folks. And it says she had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came behind in the press, touched his garment, for she said, if I can touch but his clothes, I will be whole. So her faith set the condition. The Holy Spirit said, listen, I'm going to make it easy for you. 
You don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to sneak in there and the Pharisees cast you out, make fun of you, tell you, your dog, get out of here, all that kind of I'm going to let you sneak up on Jesus. Because she didn't trust preachers. God is so merciful, he'll even override your mistrust of his vessels. See, she was programmed by the law not to go toward them. She would contaminate them. Same thing with the lepers. They would contend lepers weren't supposed to be out there either. But you see what your faith will do over the law, which came first. So she said that her faith told her that. And right away, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt her body. She felt in her body that she was healed. So her blood dried up. And then she got she had two witnesses. She got the blood stopped. And then the confirmation she felt on the inside of her. The same place that told her what to do told her it is finished. You got me? Every time we encounter the word of knowledge with God, know that it comes with an it is finished at the end of it. It's not just feeling better. She never asked to feel better. She got sick of doctors. She said, "Uh uh-uh. I've been feeling better with them for 12 years, 18 years, whatever it is. She said, I get feeling better for a minute and then I'm right back sick again and keep getting worse. Right away, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her plague. Now, after that, Jesus... Immediately knowing that virtue went out of him, asked who touched me. You notice she didn't touch him. And then he started questioning her before her healing manifested. Now why am I telling you that? It's important for us to allow healing to be complete before we go interrogate the recipient. The Holy Spirit never comes in in conflict with himself. There's an order to what he does. This lady had been sick. The compassion of God overrides everything that God does. So the same Holy Spirit that operates through Jesus is talking to her on the inside. And he is orchestrating her healing so that it's a done deal and Calvary manifests in her. So the first order of business is to tell her, give her instruction for her healing. The best time to get God, get instruction from God for your supernatural is when you're sick of the natural. See, being sick of stuff ain't a bad thing all the time. You get sick of doctors, you get sick of being poked, you get sick of going back and forth. You get sick of, now, listen, if you on Facebook every five minutes telling people I'm back in the hospital, pray for me, you ain't sick of it yet. That's right. That's right. So we ain't talking about people like that. Huh? But when you get sick and tired, you start to talk to God inside of you. He comes a little one inside starts to come alive. When you get sick of what the natural is, you really tired of it? Huh? 
Because see, as long as you're not tired of it, you got a, a foot in their faith over. You got a foot of faith over in the natural realm. See, God wants your foot all the way over into Him. People say things like, "Well, they say there's 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 nothing they can do." I say, "You know that could be a good place. That ain't always bad." Because see, now you're hard up enough to put all your faith in God. See, what happens is, you know, especially Christians and, you know, what I call prep, preppy Christians. Us people's got money and got some hospitalization. We keep one foot over in the world and the natural system and then one foot a little teeny toe over in. Jesus wants you all in because he did a complete and a total work. And I'm going to tell you another thing sweet about Jesus. If you trust in him a little bit, he won't let you die. While you waiting on your manifestation. Your faith is your manifestation. You ain't going to get no better manifestation than that. Huh? People have to take pills for this and that. They let them pills bug them. Huh? I talked to them. So I said, uh, pretty soon, I won't have to take you anymore. In the name of Jesus. You are a temporary thing in my life. And keep building your faith. Amen. Just keep building it and keep building it. Let everything that's temporary know it's in the temporary category in your life. You ain't depending on that pill to live. You're depending on God to live. Amen. Side effects, your hair falling out, your teeth falling out, your ears can't work right no more. You all that kind of crazy stuff. You don't want that. I don't want it. So what Jesus did, the Holy Spirit orchestrated. He always orchestrates your healing. He'll tell you, I have a plan for what you need. This is what you are to do. So it says she said within herself, which means she came into agreement with the word of God within herself. If I could just touch him, I will be made whole. She touched him. She was immediately made whole. But Jesus had more to do for her. And instead of him interrupting her before she knew that she was healed, he let her get healed first. And then he began to explain to her what happened. Too much interference, too much talking, too much yada, 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 yada can cut the anointing off that's completing the work in a person before it gets accomplished. That's why it's good for preachers, you know, is don't be questioning people. This ain't no interrogation room. They ain't committed no crime. Come on now, you're trying to get people healed. And don't rebuke them for their unbelief. Jesus never did that. He completed their faith. Remember the the woman with the the daughter that was demon possessed? And he called her a dog and he called her this and called her that. And she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. Why? She knew she was one of of them kind of mamas. Oh, you're going to quit me? I don't think so. You don't quit me. I quit you. And so she turned that in on Jesus. And he called her, yo, really? I'm a dog? You don't quit me. I quit you. And she was not ready to quit him until her daughter got healed. Huh? 
Uh, she probably didn't been through that with that baby daddy many times. <laughs> Bear with me here a little bit. You ain't never give me no money for that baby. You better give me some. She'll follow him home, go to his mama's house, go to Auntie Nim, and then she'll go to his religious aunt that pray for people all the time. See, when she she done pulled out the big gun, she gonna get that money for them diapers. You understand me? Well, she was one of them kind of women, and Jesus knew it. He said, I'll get faith out of her because I'll provoke her to get angry because I'm trying to deny her. grow up come on now it ain't pretty but it gets the job done Jesus don't do stuff for pretty and put it on people seriously you think he's into all that looking good stuff all the time that's for TV preachers praise the Lord He waited until her healing was complete. And then he shifted over into teacher mode. Huh? He taught, he preached, and he healed. This was her time to get understanding. See, this was an elevation for her. In Hebrew culture, women were not really taught the word. They were taught at home by their husbands. Tradition. Amen? It tended to keep a little bit better order in things. You understand what I'm saying? It held the man accountable for his family. You got me? So there was an order about things that was always done. For him, for a rabbi, to let a woman understand the deep things of God, that's an elevation for her. She became the bride of Christ. He, like a husband, would take a Hebrew man would take his wife home and they would discuss the scriptures, how to raise the children, how to manage the household, all that kind. Of, that's what Jesus was doing to her. He elevates this woman, who had been shunned and outcast, bleeding, unclean, had to say unclean every time she gets, she gets elevated. The Master takes her aside and says, "Daughter, your faith has made you whole." Amen. And so when God does something, Calvary being a finished work, Jesus has to finish the work to complete her faith, to give her understanding that not just this time, but any time you get hard up, sister, use your faith just like you used it this time. It's residing in you for a purpose. Being the author and the finisher of her faith is a wonderful thing. We have that same Jesus, folks, living in us. That same Jesus wants to heal us. That same Jesus wants to make us whole. He wants to make us whole of every plague. And it's already done for us because of the finished work. His decree about your healing is it is finished. Don't ever ask him again, what do I need to do? Keep doing the word. Keep doing Proverbs 4.20. All you need to do is continue. Be thankful he don't switch up on you every three or four days. You could never keep up with anything. Amen. And so the, the, the instruction of God is that it is finished. Rejoice in that you're, you're, you are healed. Never go back on that word. You're healed now. I don't care if symptoms increase. You're still healed. You're healed anyhow. Amen. In spite of what the natural realm is telling you. So why don't you put some music on and we'll start to minister to people. If you need to come up to the altar to be prayed for, you can impart it.
some of you want to pray for the sick and you're nervous about it, today you are nervous no more. Amen. Some people are not sure if they have what it takes. You got it. Amen. Keep feeding on the word. Don't try to get famous. Don't try to get cute. Stay humble. Amen. God will use you tremendously. He really, really will. So, Ms. Nola, you can start lining people up. Turn that music up some, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. 